uh, happy Father's Day this morning. Uh, man, what, there's no better day than Father's Day, and I might be a little bit partial, because today is not just about a day of selling, celebrating fathers here on earth, but I always think about my heavenly father who sacrificed everything so that he could be called a father, that I could be called a son of his. So if you would please stand this morning, if you're a father or have been a father or a fatherly figure, stand this morning. These men that stand before you this morning don't only stand in the presence of God this morning, but have stood in the presence of God hopefully for a lifetime, and that they have filled a gap between God and his people. Being a father is not just about having a child. Being a father is making a difference in a family. So thank you guys, each and every one of you guys. The impacts that a father has on his family and his children and his community are proven with tons and tons of different facts. 65% of all inmates that are currently serving in prison come from fatherless homes. So out of all the reasons in the world that they have made bad decisions, the majority is because they did not have a father's guidance. The facts remain that if we bring children into the church first, there's a 4% chance that we're going to get the rest of the family. I will always bring children in, and I will always stick to that 4%. If the wife brings her children, and the wife comes first, there's a 23% chance that the rest of the family will come. If the father is a godly man and attends church, there is a 93% chance that his family will follow him into this building. That's the impact that a man has on not only his family, but his society in which he lives and the community in which he walks. Guys, don't downplay your impact. God has called the men to stand in the gap for the rest of the family. I love the fact when God calls the people three times a year to go to the mountains and he says, I will protect your towns and your family, but you need to come to get into my presence. I will protect them while you're gone. I didn't create a sermon this morning to talk about Father's Day because God has been really laying on my heart the relationship status that we share with Him, but it is a Father's Day message because when you're connected to your father, you will be the best father that you can be because your children will see God through you. Your wife will see God through you. Your family will resemble the way that you walk with the Lord. And so if you're not walking with the Lord, 65% of inmates didn't see that walk in their household either. The fact that schools won't allow us to teach the Bible is not their fault. Because the Bible should be taught at home. We shouldn't 
wait for public assistance to assist us in sharing the Lord with our children. It should be being taught at home, and our children will take the Lord with them to school. See, they say, the majority of people say, well, God's not allowed in school, and I beg to differ because I know that my children and my wife, when headed to school, are carrying the Lord with them. The Lord is with them, and the Lord is with them all day, in school, in class, in seats, in their actions, in their words. So don't tell me that God's not allowed at school, because he goes there every day with my family. And I know many more are like that. But fathers, one thing that we can do to make it hard is overcomplicate things. And so today, I labeled it bare necessities. And the definition of bare necessities is just sufficient resources with nothing to spare. No, I didn't. I looked up some definitions. He says to get rid of your worry and your strife. Well, strife is anger or bitter disagreement over fundamental issues. Wow, right? What do we argue over the most? The simplest of things, right? We make the simplest of things the most complicated of things. And I believe that's what we've done with Christianity, with following Christ. Because most things that we look at and that we teach people and and we want to resemble ourselves after are products of a relationship with the Father. You look about it in your own family structure. If the dad does something, what does the son want to do? What's the model after him, right? And so we, like the Father, once we establish the relationship, want to mimic him. Modern day church tries to tell us that We need to do this, and we need to do that, and we can't do these things, but you can do those things. Well, and sometimes you can do these things, but other times you can't, and only on Sunday can you do this, and Wednesday night is made for children and not adults, and my gosh, the stipulations that we put into believing in a one true God is just horrific sometimes. But it comes down to relationship and the way you act and the things that you do and the things that you don't do are products of your relationship with the Lord. We make it so dadgum complicated that why would anybody else want to walk the way we do? Let's simplify it a little bit. You want a relationship with God? He says the only way to get to the Father is through the Son. Accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior because you are a sinner is the one and the only way to get to the Father. A relationship with the Father, that's the one thing that God wants us to have. From the beginning when he created Adam in the Garden of Eden, God was walking along in the garden looking for Adam. He wanted that relationship. He walked with him. He talked with him. And he wanted that personal bind with us. But the separating factor was what? Sin. The separating factor is sin. And that's why it says you can't choose to have both. Because the one thing that separates us from the Father is sin. Not saying that you don't have sin in your life, but if you don't have an intercessor, if you don't have a mediator in Jesus Christ... You can't get to the Father. 
First scripture I'm going to read out of is 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I've had a lot of conversations and I I love Mashea's song this morning. It was the same one that they played at Black Laureate Wednesday night. Excuse me. And God lined up the fact that I wanted the kids to understand who can define them. And God gave me a a message about defining moments and how the world defines you versus how God defines you. And if you look at those definitions, they're complete opposites. Because God calls you out of this world, the world calls you to be more part of this world. And the more of the world that you have, the more of the world that you want, and the deeper you get, and the harder it is to see the light. Because darkness is gravitating. But I want to talk about the bare necessities. I want to talk about the core issue that we have. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 7, this is Paul talking, it says, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. I want you to know that this thorn, we don't know quite sure what it is, if it was a figure of speech or if it was an actual thorn, but he was given something, a problem. And he thought it was to keep him humble, to keep him lower than the revelations that he had just had given by the Lord. Because if you'll back up and you'll read in there, and I'll let you do that, he's seen some things. God showed him some things, and this was to keep him humble. In verse 8 it says, For this thing... I besought the Lord thrice that it may depart from me. So he sought after the Lord. He cried out to the Lord three times and he said, God, take this from me. God, take this from me. God, take this from me. Paul's crying out because he's crying out in agony and he's crying out in pain. He's hurting over this thorn in his flesh. He's hurting over whatever it is that you have in your life a loss of a loved one, a lie you've been living, whatever it is in your life, this thorn in your side that you can't get rid of, an addiction, it doesn't matter what it is. We've all at sometimes bear a thorn in our side that we can't get rid of, and we pray, God, take this from me. God, take this from me. God, pull me out of this. God, help me. And God said to Paul in verse 9, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. My grace is sufficient for you. He said, My grace is enough. I understand your pain, but my grace that I have given you is enough. Grace, by definition, says the enabling power and spiritual healing offered through the mercy and love of Jesus Christ. My grace is sufficient for you because you may have a thorn, 
You may have a disability factor, but I have given you power and spiritual healing to be saved through my son, Jesus Christ. And that is what is most important. Because the flesh is going to die. You lose a leg, it alters your life. You lose two legs, it changes all kinds of lives. But that's nothing in comparison to dying and losing your soul. Our afflictions here on earth are short. They're temporary. You know, I heard an atheist one time justify his going to hell and being okay with it was because he didn't believe that his parents were in heaven nor the rest of his family and that he wanted to spend hell with his family. And I told him, I said, do you think the devil is going to allow that to happen if that's what you want? I said, that is the one thing that he's going to take and torment you with the most. Why? Because he's deceitful. He's despiteful. He's hateful. That's what he wants. He lies to get you there. Yeah, I'll show you your family. I'll show you your parents. I'll show you anything that you want to see. And then when you get there, it's emptiness. It's loneliness. It's a void area. There's nothing there. But that's just like the rest of sin. How many people have experienced sin in all of its glory? That it feels so good at the time that this sin was so worth it at face value. And then you get a little deeper and you're left alone. And you've fallen on your face. Or you're only reaching out for more sin. Because sin doesn't satisfy Sin doesn't justify. Sin is a cold, dark, lonely lie that he has led you to an empty room. So I tell you this, today on this Father's Day, the most important thing that there is about your walk in faith is a relationship with the Father. Wouldn't it be so great, like blue, bare necessities, that's all you need. Wouldn't it be so great if we could just walk through life and the only thing that we had to worry about was our relationship with the Father? Guys, that's it. That's it. That's the only thing that really matters is your relationship with the Father. We get so caught up. I've heard that two of the worst words in the English language are my and mine. Because nothing is yours. It's borrowed temporarily. Your family, your children, your wife, your parents are temporary. Because this house that we live in on earth is temporary. Our mansion in heaven is forever. Our Father is forever. And if you accept Jesus Christ, you can be forever with the Father. So the one decision that actually matters is, do you have a relationship with the Father? Like I said last week, when he gets to the gates and says, you never knew me. He didn't say you've sinned too much. He didn't say you've not done enough good. He said that you never knew me, meaning that is the single most important factor of the decision, the judgment that will be made that everybody will experience. That's it. 
That's the only thing that you've got to worry about. Who's going to walk around a little freer today? Right? When God gave me this revelation to tell you guys this Sunday, I was like, wow, it is simple. We were watching God's Not Dead. I don't know whatever night it was. And there was a line in there that stuck out to me that I'd never realized it was said before. The pastor in that movie said that it is simple. He said it may not be easy, but it is simple. Because the simpleness is a yes or no. And that decides your complete entire eternity. A yes or no. The only question that's going to be asked on your judgment is, did you have a relationship with the Father? Yes or no? If you did, we're still going to have to answer for sin. We're going to have to give, give a response, but we're going in. If it's a no, then it says you're cast out into outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of the teeth. And I suspect on that day that there'll be a lot of crying and moaning just as he describes in the Bible like, Lord, all these things that we've done in your name. He said, I never knew you though. You've done these things and they should have been a product of your faith. But instead, you were doing these things to try to justify your faith. And the only justification for your faith is the fact that I sent my son to die for you. That's the only justification there is. There's tons of people doing great things in the world. You can lead somebody to Christ without knowing him yourself. You can read the Bible and believe everything in it. But you've got to have a relationship with the Father. A relationship with the Father. And I'm going to say it over and over and over again today because when it boils down to it, that is the bare necessity. That's it. It's simple. He was talking to this woman in this movie and he he just said, you know, all these other choices... All these other things in the world, these worldly things are what make it hard. It doesn't make it any less simple. It doesn't complicate the decision. It's still a yes or no. But are you going to choose to listen? We're children of His. It says once we become children, Satan may toy with you, but he can't have you. How reassuring is that? Once you make the decision, Satan can play games in your mind. He can play games with your body. He can play games with your family. He's wreaking havoc on our country right now just to try to get us stirred up, to try to get us to badmouth somebody else, to tell them how wrong they are. But I can assure you that winning that argument is not going to help anything. It's not going to expand your eternity. You ever seen somebody go at an argument like it's going to expand their eternity? In the name of God, they're using these phrases and terms and just literally taking a Bible and beating somebody with it. I suppose that's going to help them get there. Choose the Father. Choose the Father and then your actions will start to mimic the Father. Because your actions are a result of your relationship with the Father. The things that you say are a result of the relationship with the Father. 
The things that you choose to look at, to watch, to hear, become a result of your relationship with the Father. Because before sin entered into Adam's thought process and Adam's mouth, he walked with the Father in the garden. So as you grow closer to Him, you grow farther away from sin because your relationship status with the Father is the difference maker here on earth. See, a lot of people today want entry-level fire insurance. They say yes for a little bit. They desire God for a little bit, but it's kind of like a firecracker. It's a lot of big flash and big bang, and then you don't see it anymore. See, God wants us to start walking with Him, and He wants us to continue to walk with Him. And we should be getting closer to Him, and closer to Him, and closer to Him. And our lives should be replicas of His lives as we walk, and we talk, and we sound, and we think. As we draw closer to the light, we should reflect more light. Sure, you're going to be caught up in dark places sometimes, but those dark places might be exactly where you need to be to produce more light. But seeing all these things in the hills and the valleys and the rocks we climb over and the the bad places we get in and the good places we get in and our talents and our attributes to our lives and our families in this world, it doesn't complex the decision that we make. They're an added to the relationship status that you have with the Father. I'm trying to break it down and make it as easy as I can because relationship status has been on my mind for like the last three weeks. So I know that there's somebody either on the internet or in here this morning that is bouncing back and forth, that has created a wedge between them and God, who has not accepted God, that is looking to accept God, but they're white-knuckled in their pew because they don't want to stand out. Because they don't want to make a decision. But I can assure you, I've prayed all week this week that today somebody would choose to have a relationship with God because there's got to be a burning desire in a heart or God wouldn't continue to hound me with relationship status. Somebody listening today somewhere is putting off a decision that needs to be made today. That's what I've prayed for. That somebody makes that decision today because today is the day of our salvation. Today is the day of the Lord. And it's all about relationship status. It's not about what can the Lord do for us, but what can we do for the Lord? Because a lot of times we get caught up in these earthly things and we want healings and we want miracles and we want to see signs from God and we want to, God to show His power. But if all of that was stripped away, all of it was gone and He never healed another person, would you still desire relationship with the Lord? That's what matters. Paul was asking for some relief from the thorn in his side. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. I've given you everything that you need to succeed. I've given you everything. When you thought that there wasn't a way, I gave you a way through my son. And if you thought that you couldn't hold the Ten Commandments, I made a way that you could have a relationship with me. All you do is have to choose it. 
It's a yes or no answer. Do you want me? That's the basis. And the only decision that makes an eternal difference. It's the only one. So when we're trying to explain things to non-believers, people that are on the fence, people that don't know what to think, you can put them as simple as this. It's a relationship with the Father. Do you have it? Do you have it? There's not a, well, kind of, uh, duh. Yes or no, do you have it? No, I don't have it. Okay, do you want it? Because it's freely given. What about all these other things I've heard that you've got to serve in the church and you've got to serve the widows and you've got to serve the orphans and you've you got to kind of do these things, you've got to kind of do those things. That is a result of relationship with the Father. You desire to do more good once you have a relationship with the Father because the Father is good. The closer you walk with Him, the more you resemble Him. Be like me looking at a mirror from here to that back door. If it's a small mirror, I ain't going to see a whole lot. I could walk halfway there. I'm still not going to see a whole lot. But if I'm holding it right here, the reflection is good. If I've got God right here, the reflection is good. If I shove God out and I say, God, I'm going in this building, but you're going to wait here at the door, the reflection gets worse. The ideas get worse. Because see, God doesn't move, we move Him. We ask Him to stay places so that we can go do things. God, don't look in my left hand, only look in my right hand because my right hand is holding on to you, but my left hand is still meddling in sin. So I ask you, God, not to look in my left hand as if He doesn't see it. I can assure you that God sees it. But as you draw closer to Him, Guess what? That right hand gets stronger and it pulls you closer and it loosens the grip of your left hand because it pulls you to the Father. The choice is simple. The world makes it complicated. Why? Because the devil's deceitful. The devil wants you to get think that this whole mess is so complicated that decisions can't be made and I can't make them right now because I don't know what to choose. Gosh, I still want to do this part of my life, but I want to live a life with God. and I don't want to give up everything that I've known to get into the unknown. Do you have a relationship with the Father? Do you want it? It's simple, 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 simple. We overcomplicate things so hard. Guess what? If Annika didn't show up to play the piano, would we cancel the whole service? No. We would simply do songs a different way. But anything that the devil can throw at us to make us stumble or make us balk on a decision that is being made like, well, you don't necessarily need to make it today. You can make it tomorrow. Or you don't need to make it right now. You can do it this afternoon. You don't need to go see that person right now. They're probably busy. Don't pick up the phone call because it's during work hours. Do you choose the Father? If you choose the Father, then you choose to do the things that He wants you to do. The reflection is there. The choice is simple. And I'll keep going back to that because the choice is simple. 
not always easy. Because when you're sitting there trying to decide if you're choosing sin or you're choosing God, the devil is throwing everything at you to make sin look appealing. And my gosh, sometimes sin can look very appealing. But I assure you that it is only face value. The only thing with depth is God because God created depth. He says, I'm the beginning and the end. The Alpha and the Omega. Start to finish. The devil is none of that. The devil creates an empty void. I'm going to switch over to Matthew 6. Matthew 6. I was reading a book this week. And one of the thoughts that popped into my head when I was talking about the simple things, when I was looking at how simple God created it to be, why? Because he also created us and he created me and he knew that I would have a problem if he made it complex, right? Man, I'm going to stumble over complexity. So he's like, Mason's coming in the year 1985. I've got to make this as simple as it can be so that he's... He can make that choice. I've got to make it easy because he's coming, and it's got to be easy, or he's not going to be able to, he's going to be like that. He doesn't know. And so he made it as easy as it is because he knew that we were coming. He made it easy for us. He made it easy. But one of the things that we've grown over time and grown in our own country, especially because you see different countries all over the world react differently in their relationship with God. We've become a man that is in need of things versus a need for God. That's what our country's become. That's why we're in the turmoil that we're in, because we need things more than we need God now. Because things have replaced God. Even good things can replace God. Church services can replace God. I know, it sounds contradictory, right? But it absolutely can. You can replace God with good things. You can go get so caught up in doing good things that you forget why you're doing them. You can get so busy and so wound up in life that you forget why you're here, what your purpose is. And you were created to give praises to God. You were created in His image to give praise back to Him. And a lot of times when we get so structured and so scheduled in life, we forget our true one and only purpose is to serve God. And when we get unhappy in the things that we're doing good, it's probably because we've lost focus why we were sent there to start with. Keep the relationship. I found another thing interesting. When I was looking up the bare necessities of life, it didn't matter where I looked, I got food, water, shelter, and clothing. Bare necessities of life, right? Earth's definition of bare necessities. Science says you can't go 40 days without water. Jesus says, watch this. Because when you're in the presence of God, you do not need earthly things. I'll say it again. When you're in the presence of God, you have no need for earthly things. 
It's when you step out of the presence of God that Adam realized that he was naked. In the presence of God, he didn't know that he was naked. He didn't know that he needed clothes. He was not ashamed of anything because everything was good. The simplicity of the fact. Now, I don't want a whole bunch of people showing up next weekend in their birthday suits. That's not what I'm saying. But remember what your true necessity for life is. If you want life and life everlasting, you choose the Father. If you want to live and die with this earth, he's giving you that option too. But he says, I wish none to perish. He set it up so simple that a little kid born in 1985 standing in front of you today could make the decision. It's yes or no. It's yes or no. Yes, I want a relationship with the Father. Yes, I have a relationship with the Father. No, I don't have a relationship with the Father. But yes, I want one. So we're explaining Christ to other people. Don't fault them for what they don't know because you don't know what you don't know. My kid didn't know how to hold and swing a bat before I taught him how to hold and swing a bat. Right? You didn't know how to walk, so you crawled first. Everybody starts out in the beginning, and guess what? Everybody was born into sin, and all have fallen short of the glory of God. You're no better than the person that doesn't believe. You are simply saved by Christ. You're not better than, you just have information that they don't have. You've experienced things that they haven't experienced. So don't fault them for that, but tell them about the love of God. And tell them how simple it is to be adopted and grafted into the family as God is calling them home. God calls all of us. He says, I will give everyone the opportunity to come to me. Everybody that walks the face of the earth gets the opportunity to choose God. Boop. It's your choice. Because God says, I wish there's none to perish. I give everybody the opportunity. In Matthew 6, this is a familiar scripture, and I'm going to go through it just because it fits in right here. Just because this world is messed with chaos and controversy and anxiety. My gosh, I bet there's more people on blood medication today than there ever has been in the past. The world is full of it. Full of disagreement, full of division, full of strife, anger, all these bad things. But we choose to walk in those things. We choose it. God doesn't choose us for us. He doesn't say, ah, I'm going to let, I'm going to wish him to walk in that negativeness. I hope he's depressed. I hope he fails. That's not what God says. But God can take those failures. God can take that depression. God can take our downfalls and teach us something. And we can buckle up our bootstraps and go on and be better than what we were because God's grace is sufficient. He never says, I'll pluck the thorn out of your side. And we've grown into a society that wants to see results. We want to see results, right? Gosh, when I pray for healing over somebody, I want them healed. I want to see results. God, I want to see you move. I want to see your works. God, prove yourself to me. That's the society we live in. 
You know, one of the biggest arguments I've heard from the opposition is, if the God is so good, why would he allow all these bad things to happen? They're wanting to see God results without even believing in God. They're wanting to see God take control of a situation as in taunting him. Go ahead, God, show yourself. We are coming into a society that wants to see results of the Father versus seeing the Father. So Paul didn't get healed. Do you just walk away? That God didn't heal me. I'm out. God didn't heal my mom. God didn't heal my son. God didn't heal my sister. God didn't heal my brother. God isn't healing me. So let me ask you the question. Do you desire God's healing? Or do you desire a relationship with God? And I know that these are tough questions. And I know that you're standing up there saying you've never lost a child. You've never lost a brother or sister. And I haven't. And I pray for those that have. But I've seen results of those that have and have a relationship with the Father and they still press on and they still believe in God and they still walk with God because they understand that their relationship is with God and not in his miracles. The relationship is more than surface deep. It goes farther than healings because he said, my God's grace is sufficient for me. Your grace is enough, God. You have shown me mercy by sending your son to die for me that I might have a way. And that's enough. I might struggle my whole life. You look at the prophet Jeremiah and he told everybody bad news and he got tortured for telling everybody bad news. But it was the true word of God and Jeremiah sought God. He wanted to do God's work above everything else, and he was tortured for it. But Paul reminds us that this stuff is only temporary. This home is not your home forever. This is a temporary home. It says, I go before you to build many rooms in the mansion. Because that's where you're going to dwell for eternity. So in a society today where we seek an abundance of things, what is the one thing that you truly seek? These are hard questions for me today to answer this last week as I was contemplating this message and I prayed to God that I wouldn't step on any toes today but this message would go straight to the heart because I don't care about your toes. I don't stand up here to step on people's toes. I want to touch people's hearts because that's what matters. The heart is what matters. That's what God cares about. That's why he said my grace is sufficient because I've made a way for my heart to be in you and your heart in me. I've made that way for you. You have to choose it. Everything else is mundane. It's of unimportance. Matthew 6, verse 25, it says, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on it. Is not the life more than the meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap and gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? 
Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. The devil wants to cloud your view, pervert your perspective, make you worry about a long list of things that you have to do tomorrow, that you have to get ready for this week. But he says, keep your eye on me, keep a close walk with me, and I'll take care of everything else. Choose me, and I got you. Choose me as a father, and you're grafted into a family that is everlasting a family that is eternal, a family that is covered by my son's blood. See, I think we've learned a lot of things during this pandemic and how fragile the society that we've built is. You want to know who was least affected by this pandemic? Third world countries. They got nothing already. They got nothing in the world to lose. We look around and we go, oh, the stock market's crashing. Oh, land values are going down. Oh, the dollar's growing less and less by the day. Who cares? Why? Because when God comes back, when Jesus comes back to get us, he won't ask you how many dollars you got in your wallet. He won't ask you if you've paid off your credit cards. Why? Because it won't matter. He said, anything that's not built for the kingdom will be burned by fire in the last day. So everything that's left standing will be the people that are sons and daughters of a one true God. So when you put up stock, when you're talking to somebody, would you talk to somebody about the weather? Are you going to talk to somebody about when that fire comes that they will stand till the end? That they'll see their father in heaven? Because we want to talk eternal things. We want to build towards the kingdom of God. We want to be a reflection thereof. But like I said, everything here on earth is a reflection as a result of your relationship with the Lord. So if you would, please stand with me today. Don't put off the decision any longer. Don't put off decisions to live for the Father that loves you, that created you in his own image, that sent his only son to die for you on a cross so that he could spend eternity with you. He made it so simple, but we make it so hard. He said, I want and desire a relationship with you. Do you want the same? Yes or no? 
It's a yes or no kind of day. It's a yes or no life that we should live. Yes, we have a relationship with the Father. Okay, my result and my walk will be verification of my relationship with the Father. So today I ask you, if you are the one that this message is talking to, or if you are the group, if you are the person, if you are the child, if you are whoever you are, and this message was for you, please, please, because this has been weighing in my heart for three weeks, and there's somebody out there that has been riding the fence about making a decision to live with the Father, and it's a growing burden on me, and I've been praying for you, whoever it is. I've cried at night praying for you that you would make a decision for the Father because it's been burning me for three weeks. And I have no doubts. I have no doubts in my mind that a decision will be made today. We may never know of it, but that's not what matters. Because, see, I don't need to see God at work. I believe in the Father without the miracles. I believe in the Father without the healings because God says that he loves me and there is no evil in him. I know that it's true. I know that it's true because he tells me in his word. He tells me through people. He's told me through prophets through the ages. He told me through his apostles and people today. God continues to show his love and his mercy, and his compassion. I want you to know that today, whatever that you're facing, whatever ailments you have, whatever that thorn in your side is, God's grace is sufficient. Because once you choose him, you're bonded together. You have him. Most important decision you'll make, it's simple. It's simple. It's so simple. Don't let the world disguise it. Don't let the world make it harder than it is. It's so simple. So today as you bow your heads and close your eyes, and we open up the altars, ask yourself, do I have a relationship with the Father? Do I want a relationship with the Father?